All right, good morning. At this time, we'll have the kids be dismissed to junior church. Uh, those five years old up through third grade, you guys can head off. The rest of us, uh, we can take our Bibles, turn to the book of Proverbs chapter 18. Proverbs chapter 18. Um, again, I just want to put in another plug for the softball team. Uh, I think we have about enough, but we do play at least three games on one day. So if we could have a couple extra people, uh, that would be helpful. Um, so let me know if you're interested in playing. We're going to try to get a few practices in here the next couple weeks before that comes up August 6th. Um, I want to thank you guys for praying for us as we had our trip out to Minnesota. Uh, it was a successful trip in that nobody got sick on the ride and our car didn't break down and we made it there and back again. Um, but we had a good time able to visit Becca's family. We're with her parents for a couple days um, and then headed over to her grandparents' farm, which is like 120 acres of just woods and trails and um, ATVs and stuff. And so the kids had a blast. Um, when we got back, they're like, can we get a four-wheeler? I'm like, I don't think that'll work on our quarter acre in our cul-de-sac. I don't think the neighbors will appreciate that. But uh, we had a good time out there two weeks ago. And then last week, uh, we had church camp. So many of you were back there. um, And we had a great time back at church camp uh, again as well. I'm just, every year I'm surprised how many people actually enjoy going camping at this church. I love it. It's great. And so we had a good time camping and somehow Levi, Walmer, and I got matched up in the cornhole tournament again, and somehow we pulled it off and won two years in a row. So <laughs> it was a good weekend. So anyway, it is good to be back. Um, and thank you guys for keeping us in your prayers as we traveled. Uh, Proverbs chapter 18. Um, as we look into this topic this morning, before we do, let's go to the Lord in prayer. Heavenly Father, God, we thank you. Uh, for your word that we can look into, Lord, that we that you have given to us so that we can know who you are, um, who you've created us to be, and, and how we are to go about this life that you've set us on. So, Lord, as we look into your word today and as we look into Proverbs, Lord, we ask that you just uh, open our hearts, Lord, to help us to set aside all the busyness of life, the cares, the worries, the struggles, the, the schedule for the rest of the week. Lord, help us to just put that out of our minds right now. Help us to look into your word, look to you and your spirit to guide us, Lord, that we might understand you more, Lord, that we might know what it means to, to have good godly friends and what it means for us to also be good godly and wise friends and also who the greatest friend is, and that is you. And we thank you for that, Lord. And so as we, again, as we come to you today, Lord, we thank you. We pray this is honoring to you. We ask all this in your name. Amen. So we've been going through our series in Proverbs, and I'm very grateful for Dale Mort, who's taken the last two weeks and and, uh, preached for us. So thank you, Dale. And as we continue, we've been hitting different topics in Proverbs. And so this week, our topic is friends. And so we're going to start out with a little trivia game here. Am I connected? It's not. Um, Click on the top of the co-presenter. There we go. All right. There we go. All right. Best friends trivia. Let me get out of the way here. We're going to play some best friends trivia here. Um, So you're going to tell us which of these famous uh, best friends said the movie quote. All right. So there's some movie quotes in here. So young people, you might have to help out the older people in this one. All right. Who said it? You're a sad, strange little man and you have my pity. Was it Buzz or Woody? How many of you say Buzz? 
No, a few hands. How many of you say Woody? Okay. You guys, uh, the answer is Buzz Lightyear. That's right. Uh, from the movie Toy Story. All right, next question. Who said it? Hands down, this is the best day of my life and quite possibly the last. Is that Olaf or Anna? How many of you say Olaf? Okay, a lot of Olaf hands. Any Anna hands? Okay, all right. It was Olaf. All right, next one. Um, this is from Captain America. I'm with you to the end of the line, pal. Was that Bucky or Steve? Bucky? Let me say Bucky. All right, we got one Bucky. How many say Steve? All right, a couple more say Steve. It was actually Bucky. Ah. All right. Who said it? Now, this is kind of a trick question. I'm going to try to pronounce this. Grrr. Was it Chewy or Han? How many of you would say Chewy? A lot of you. How many of you would say Han? Any? Okay, there's a hand for Han. All right. The answer is actually Han Solo. It was from the Han Solo movie, A Star Wars Story. All right. All right. We're a team. Nothing means more to me than our friendship. Was that Sully or Mike? This is from Monsters, Inc., if anybody remembers Monsters, Inc. How many of you say Sully? Okay, we got a couple hands for Sully. How, how many think Mike? Okay, we got some about the same for Mike. The answer is Mike, Mike Wazowski. All right. Um, this is from a Spider-Man movie. We should probably stop staring before it gets creepy, though. Was that Peter or Ned? Who, how many of you say Peter? Okay, how many of you say Ned? All right, we got a couple for each. It, ends up, it was Peter Parker. And... I think I have two more. I thought this was the last one. Only a true friend would say something that cruelly honest. Was that Donkey or Shrek from the Shrek movie? How many of you think Donkey said that quote? Only a true friend would say something that cruelly honest. How many of you think, okay, a lot for Donkey. How many of you think Shrek? Okay, there are a couple for Shrek. The answer is Donkey. All right, and last one. This is from an Avengers movie. This is just like Budapest all over again. Was that Clint, who is Hawkeye, or Nat, who is the Black Widow? How many of you think Clint, Hawkeye? No? One? How many of you think Nat, the Black Widow, said that? All right, we got about four or five. It was Natasha. It was Nat, the Black Widow, said that. All right, we just watched that one with our kids, so I'm surprised one of them got it wrong. <laughs> all right, so that's the end of the questions, best friend questions. But... Um, so today, in our topic of Proverbs, we will be talking about friendship and friends. Um, and as we've been going through the book of Proverbs, we've been trying to understand wisdom's call to us, calling us to think wisely, to think godly, and to make wise and godly choices. And that's important when, we, when it comes to our friends. Yesterday, my family sat down and we were watching... Um, a TV show called Alone. It's on the History Channel. I don't know if any of you have seen the TV show Alone. I love the History Channel. I love a lot of what they do. Um, and so this, in this TV show Alone, it's a, like a reality TV show. They take 10 participants, and they take them out in the wild, and they kind of spread them out so they can't, they're not near each other, and they have to survive alone. And they give them like a backpack of stuff that helps them survive, but they have to learn, you know, they have to find their own food, they have to build their own shelter, all right, they got wild animals out there, 
And so we were watching this TV show alone, and um, the, the season that we're watching, you know, you, you see these guys, you know, and it, they're actually, you know, they take people who know survival stuff, but some of these guys, some of the things, they learn how to fish, you know, they, they, they do different tricks and building shelters, things like that. And throughout, throughout it, um, each of these people is, again, they're completely alone in their area. And they have to, you know, some of them, you know, get really hungry. If you can't find food, if you can't hunt, you can't find food, you get hungry. Um, if you don't build a good shelter, you know, you're not protected from the rain and the snow. Um, some of them get sick from some of the stuff that they, they, they find and they eat. Um, but actually, it was interesting that the first of these 10 contestants that finally, what they call tapped out, is they, they have a phone. And so when, whenever they're done, like, I can't take this anymore, they, they make that phone call. And the TV crew comes and picks them up and takes them off. And actually, the first person to actually tap out, it was interesting, I thought, because it wasn't because he was, he was starving. Because he, he did good hunting. He got a squirrel and everything, shot a squirrel and everything. He wasn't, wasn't that. He was doing, he did great with his shelter. So one, of this, one of these other guys tried to build a log cabin, and he just got so tired out and didn't have time to find food. And so... He, you know, that's what wore him out. But this guy, he, he built a nice, he had a nice shelter going. Um, and it wasn't because of the wild animals. There was a bear roaming around somewhere, but it wasn't because of that. The reason that he called in, the reason that he tapped out, the very first person after 15 days, I think they try to go to like 100 days or something like that, but 15 days into it, he tapped out. And the reason he said was because he was lonely. He, he missed his family and friends at home. He got to that point where he was like, I'm out here all alone, and I'm missing whatever's going on back home with my friends and my family. And he's like, I can't take this anymore. And it's interesting that that was the first person to kind of tap out that's like, hey, this is the reason why I can't do this. And God said from the very beginning in the book of Genesis, it is not good for man to be alone. You remember that? When God was creating everything, he would create, uh, he, one day he created the sun, moon, and stars. He looked at it and said, hey, this is very good. All right, then he created the land animals, and he looked at it, and hey, that was really good. And the sea animals, and that day was really good, and, and so on. And every single day of creation, we see God say, and it was very good. The first time that we see God say, that's not good, is when he had created man by himself. And God said, it is not good for man to be alone. God created us for companionship and friendship. And so today, as we look at the book of Proverbs, and as we focus on what godly wisdom is trying to teach us, we are going to consider what wisdom has to say about friendship and I want to start with a quote that kind of sums up what we have, what we've been le- learning so far in, about wisdom in Proverbs and also gets us started in our study on friendship today. Pastor Ray Ortland said this. He said, wisdom, biblical wisdom, is when we outgrow our misconceptions about how life should work. And we learn how God actually built life to work and work well. That takes us beyond, the, beyond petty rule-keeping Something deeper happens. God's wisdom enters our hearts and changes us within, so that as we grow, we know intuitively what to do and what not to do, what will work and what won't work, 
Wisdom is skill for living when there is no obvious rule to go by. That is what the book of Proverbs is for. It's gospel wisdom for complicated lives. A major area where wisdom helps us is friendship. So much is at stake in our friendships. So much is at stake in our friendships. The book of Proverbs teaches us that our companions affect us in many different ways, including our personality, our health, our values, our financial condition, our emotions, our intelligence, our quality of life, and more. Now, someone said, once said, tell me who your friends are, and I'll tell you what kind of person you are. So with so much at stake, it is important for us to apply godly wisdom in choosing our friends and how we conduct ourselves as friends. But before we get started, let me just acknowledge that I'm aware that this, this study might uh, mean different things for different people, or different people in this room might need this study for different reasons. So some of us in this room might need to heed the instruction in Proverbs so that we make better choices in the friends that we have. All right, some of us might have friends that aren't influencing us in that way. In Proverbs chapter 1, Solomon begins by starting out and saying, hey, when sinners entice you, don't consent. If, if people try to get you in, and, and Solomon gives an example of, hey, if, if they, they try to get you in on this deal that they're doing and you know it's wrong, stay away from them. All right, Solomon is here writing to his son and saying, hey, son, listen, here is some wise advice for how to find good friends. And so some of us need to heed that advice today in, in the friends that we choose, the people that we choose to hang around. Some of us might need to heed Proverbs' advice about friendships so that we can be better friends. Because deep down inside, you know you are, trying, you are the type of friend uh, you're not the type of friend that you should be. You are unreliable. You're shallow. You're a type of friend that in a relationship, you're in a relationship for what you can get out of it. And we'll see that a lot of the, that's our society, a lot of relationships are based on that. So maybe today we you need instruction on how to be a better friend. And finally, there may be some here that through the wisdom in Proverbs, you can be directed to the greatest friend that is that you so desperately need, and that is Jesus. Although Proverbs doesn't speak his name because Jesus only comes many years later, the wisdom in Proverbs points us to the God who created, the God who sustains, and the God who loves us. So let's begin Proverbs. Uh, in, you're in Proverbs chapter 18. We're going to jump around a lot. I'll try to have most of the verses on the screen. Um, We're going to start with this one, Proverbs chapter 18, verse 24. A man of many companions may come to ruin, but there is a friend who sticks closer than a brother. You know, Solomon is is writing in a day and in a culture where, where family was far more important than what we even consider today. Like, you did everything with family. Everything was about the family reputation. Everything was about family was important. And so it's quite a statement for him to say that there is a friend that can be better to you than your own siblings. All right, Pastor Tim Keller says this. He says, your family may be there for you, but they may not really like you or understand you. A friend, however, may stick with you over the years closer than a brother. 
In the early stage of your life, you were shaped most by your family, but for the rest of your life, you will be shaped largely by your friends. You become like the people with whom you spend most time. Friendship must be carefully, intentionally cultivated. The Hebrew word here that, that's used when it says the one who sticks, it, the one who sticks closer is the word dabek. And it means to cling, to adhere as if it was glued to something, as if you were glued to something. In Deuteronomy chapter 4, uh, Moses is speaking to the people of Israel. He says this, Your eyes have seen what the Lord did at Baal Peor, for the Lord your God destroyed from among you all the men who followed, who followed the Baal of Peor. So M- Moses is referencing a time in the book of Numbers when the children of Israel decided to uh, combined with the Moabites in worshiping their god Baal, which something which God specifically told them not to do. He said, avoid the other nations and their gods. God, God created Israel as a group to be a light to the world, to show the world what it meant to know the one true God and to follow him. But time and time again, the people of Israel kind of went opposite of that, and they're like, hey, we want to be like the world. We want to be like everybody else. And so they followed after other, pe- other peoples and their gods. And so in this instance, um, they follow, followed after the Moabites and were intermarrying with the Moabites and were sacrificing to the Moabite gods, and God sent a plague in among them. And 24,000 who were unfaithful to God were killed. But, as verse 4 here says, you who held fast to the Lord your God are alive today. And that's the word there, who held fast, who, who clung to the Lord their God, who didn't go after the other gods, who didn't um, <clears throat> intermarry with the Moabites, who didn't go after their way of living. They held fast. You know, it's been about a year and a half since we moved out here. And so our youngest child is almost three now. Um, and she, when we first got here, if many of you remember, um, as we were getting to meet some of you and everything, she was kind of clinging to us, right? She would, she would hold on tight. Um, she wouldn't, you know, she wasn't a fan of the nursery at the time right away. She, you know, she wanted to be near mom and dad. You know, she wasn't, she didn't want to get down very much. Um, but now she's kind of grown uh, together with you guys, and she'll she'll say hi to most of you guys. She'll fist bump, you know, give fist bumps, high fives, you know, all that. And so she's kind of grown to that. But in the, in the beginning, she used to stick to us. She used to cling to us. And so Proverbs in this verse, in our verse is telling us there is a friend who sticks closer than a brother. So what is it to be a sticky friend? How do you become a find or find these sticky friends? Proverbs tells us. And so we're going to jump around into some verses and see what it means to be a sticky friend. First of all, a sticky friend is constant. Proverbs 20, verse 6 says this. It says, many, many a man proclaim his own steadfast love, but a, man, a faithful man who can find. And we talked about this verse back on Father's Day. Um, there are many who proclaim that they, hey, I'm your friend, I love you, uh, we're good. Um, but really, it's hard to find a faithful man. That's what Solomon's saying. And then Proverbs 17, 7 says this, 
A friend loves at all times, and a brother is born for adversity. A friend loves at all times through thick and thin, good times and bad. A brother is stuck with you, basically. <laughs> Maybe you feel about that, that way about some of your siblings. You're kind of stuck with them. A brother is obligated to be some kind of safety net. Really, a, a lot of our families, you know, if, if the going gets tough, they'll be there for us. They'll, they'll be our safety net. You know, that's what family is for. But a friend chooses you. When someone loves you at all times, good and bad, and they don't have to, uh, but they choose to, that person is a friend. But the harsh reality in our society is that many of our relationships are transactional, as in, what do I get out of it? Look at these verses from Proverbs 19. And these verses from Proverbs 19. Verse 4 says this, Wealth brings many new friends, but a poor man is deserted by his friends. Did you ever see those guys that end up winning the lottery or something, and then all of a sudden, hey, you got all these new friends. You know, family's coming out of the woodwork. You get new friends. But when the money's gone, the poor man is deserted by his friends. Um, in Proverbs 19, verses 6 and 7, verse 6 says, Many seek the favor of a generous man, and everyone is a friend to a man who gives gifts. All a poor man's brothers hate him. How much more do his friends go far from him? He pursues them with words, but does not have them. You know, our society, you know, it, it's a transactional friendship. That's what, that's what we see out there. It's like, hey, if, if you're generous, if you're rich, if you're popular, hey, I'll come hang out with you. I'll, I'll be your friend. It's for what we can get out of it. Is it... Is it a material benefit or some sort of gift? Is it fun? You know, hey, this guy is fun. I'm going to hang out with him. He, you know, he, he tells good, he tells funny jokes. You know, it's, he's fun to hang around. But when the times get tough, where are the friends? Many people seek out relationships that give them some sort of economic, social, or emotional benefit. But when someone becomes poor or their status, social status dries up, they are shunned. But according to Proverbs, sticky friends will be there for you when the chips are down and when you have a very little to give to them. For a friend, you are not a means to some end, but cherished for yourself. And constancy entails availability, even when it's inconvenient. You can get a friend at all times. So a friend is someone who is a friend at all times. And maybe you've experienced that. And maybe you are that friend, that person that somebody can count on to be there even when things are difficult. A sticky friend is constant. A sticky friend is also uh, transparent. They're open, they're honest. Proverbs 27, 5 and 6 say, Better is open rebuke than hidden love. Faithful are the wounds of a friend. Profuse are the kisses of an enemy. Faithful are the wounds of a friend, and Proverbs says. Now, I remember when I was a child, and my dad and his brothers would get together, you know, with us kids. Sometimes they'd end up telling those stories about, hey, when we were a kid, we, this is what we did, you know. It was the walking uphill to school both ways in the snow, that sort of thing. But we also got some of those crazy stories of what they did to their friends. I mean, I couldn't believe they even had friends after hearing some of the things that they did. Like they said, they, they tied the one guy to a tree and just pelted him with walnuts. I'm like... 
they used to have the BB gun fights, right? And, and leave welts on each other um, just with different things. I remember uh, uh, there was a group of guys in college who they, they just enjoyed slapping each other in the chest. So the guy, one guy would be bare chested and he would just have to stand there. They called it Take It. That's what, that was the name of their game. And the other guy would just slap him as hard as they could. All right, and slap them back. All right, that's not what Proverbs is talking about, about wounds of a friend, okay? So let's just get that clear. Um, it's not talking about BB gun fights or pelting each other with walnuts. What Solomon is talking about is that real friends, sticky friends, openly rebuke and teach each other things they need to hear. I remember in seminary um, during our preaching class, one of the things we had to do is we had to get up front and preach to our other seminary students, and they would critique you. They'd have a piece of paper, and they'd write down, you need to talk, you know, you need more eye contact, you need to stop saying, oh, these are all the things that they said to me. Um, So anyway, you guys know that. Uh, But but the worst part for me was it was also recorded, and at the end of class, you had to, I had to take it home, I had to put it in my DVD player and watch it, and I had to listen to myself talk. And one of the things was, I don't sound like that, right? How many of you have heard yourself on a recording and be like, that's, that, that's not what I sound like. How do I sound like that? How weird is it that you can't hear from within you, your own body, what your voice really sounds like, right? The same is true of our thoughts, our words, and our actions. We oftentimes cannot see within ourselves our faults and our failures. We need true, sticky friends to lovingly wound us and challenge us so that we can grow. This transparency is scary, but we need it. Proverbs twenty-seven seventeen says, Iron sharpens iron, and one man sharpens another. If you've ever seen the sharpening process, it's not very gentle. Right? It's not just, oh, here's the blade. Let's just slowly brush some, a soft feather over this blade. Um, another History Channel TV show is uh, Forged in Fire, and these guys actually make blades on the show, and they're, they're banging on these things with all their might to try to sharpen the metal, to try to strengthen the metal. The same is true of good friendship. A good friendship will work to strengthen, to build the other one. They will be transparent. They will be the one that, that um, confronts when it's like, hey, you shouldn't be acting that way. Hey, you, you, you shouldn't have said that to your wife. You shouldn't have said that to your husband. You shouldn't have said that to your coworker. All right? You, that was wrong. Good, biblical, sticky friends are willing to be transparent, are willing to confront These proverbs about a true friend in your life is about a true friend in your life is making you better by res, by respectfully by respectful confrontation. The Bible says in Hebrews ten twenty four, let us consider how to stir up one another to love and good works. A real friend will provoke you and challenge you. A third aspect of a sticky friend is a sticky friend is sensitive, or let's use the word tactful, all right? Sensitive might sound a little strange. Let's talk about tactful, all right? Look at these verses, this verse in Proverbs twenty-five twenty. 
Whoever sings songs to a heavy heart is like one who takes off a garment on a cold day or like soda on vinegar. And then also 2714, whoever blesses his neighbor with a loud voice rising early in the morning will be counted as cursing. All right, I, I think these verses are funny. Uh, how many of you, just uh, quick, are morning people? Like in the morning, you're up, you're ready to go, you're perky, if, you, if we can use that word, all right? Okay, there are some of you out there, all right? How many of you are more night people? That's when you're awake, that's when you can think clearly. Okay, some of you. How many of you, like me, are pretty much worthless 24 hours a day? Okay, all right. <laughs> it takes you two hours to wake up in the morning, and you're ready for bed by 8 o'clock. All right? Okay. So, uh, morning people, just, just a little ref- point of reference here. We are, many of us just need to wake up in the morning. You know, we're like a c- car in the wintertime. You've got to w- warm it up, or you'll break it. Um, so, just, <laughs> just give us that. But anyway, that's... That's not necessarily what these verses are talking about. So um, what these verses are talking about is that a true friend is sensitive or tactful enough to know what hurts or helps. That first verse was saying, whoever sings songs to a heavy heart is like one who takes off a garment on a cold day. It's pointless. If somebody is mourning, if somebody is hurting, you know, you're not going to go singing, hey, cheer up, you know, making your own little tune. If you're one of those people that likes to make their own little ditties. That's not the time for it, all right? Uh, This one, whoever blesses his neighbor with a loud voice rising early in the morning will be counted as cursing, all right? There are are those, the true friend is sensitive enough to know what helps, uh, what hurts or what helps, what inspires or what bores or what motivates or what irritates. One pastor said, if I can be content when you are sad, I am not your friend. Friends voluntarily tie their hearts to one another. They put their happiness into their friends' happiness so they can't emotionally flourish unless their friends are flourishing too. When a friend hurts, we hurt. When a friend rejoices, we rejoice. So returning to uh, Proverbs 18.24, A man of many companions may come to ruin. But there is a friend who sticks closer than a brother. Now, it is unfortunate to note that the true story of Solomon, as many of you know, did not reap the reward of his own wisdom. King Solomon uh, was ultimately brought, brought himself to ruin, being led away from the Lord by his many companions, or in his case, it was his many wives. Let me read to you from 1 Kings chapter 11. 1 Kings chapter 11, beginning with verse 1, it says, Now King Solomon loved many foreign women, along with the daughter of Pharaoh, Moabite, Ammonite, Edomite, Sidonian, and Hittite women. From the nations concerning which the Lord had said to the people of Israel, You shall not enter into marriage with them, neither shall they with you, for surely they will turn away your heart after their gods. And so God warned Israel about this. Stay away from the other nations. Um, You're supposed to be the one that's the light. You're supposed to be the one that's the salt um, to shine to the other nations. But Solomon did not heed that warning. And no, no doubt it was because Solomon, being king of Israel, was like, hey, we need alliances. We need, you know, it seemed like good business sense. It seemed like good, good leadership to him. 
but in the end, disobeying the Lord led him away. Solomon clung to these in love. It says he had 700 wives who were princesses and 300 concubines, and his wives turned away his heart. That's what 1 Kings 11 verse 3 says, and his wives turned away his heart. For when Solomon was old, his wives turned away his heart after other gods, and his heart was not wholly true to the Lord his God. And as, as was the heart of David his father, for Solomon went after Ashtaroth, the goddess of the Sidonians, and after Milcom, the abomination of the Amorites. So Solomon did what was evil in the sight of the Lord and did not wholly follow the Lord as David his father had done. A man of many companions may come to ruin, but there is a friend who sticks closer than a brother. The ultimate truth is, though, there, there, no matter how good a friend you are or how good your friends are, you will fail at being a good friend, and your friends will fail at being good friends to you. But let's take a few minutes to speak of the, stickiness, the stickiest friend out there. If, you, if we can put it that way. Turn quickly to John chapter 15. John chapter 15. In this passage, Jesus is with his disciples. You know, during the last time, the last supper, he's kind of giving them the last instructions. Of course, they don't know this, but he's giving him kind of the last instructions. In John chapter 15, after Jesus had been, you know, spending three years with the disciples, these disciples teaching and leading and loving these men, Jesus says this in verse 12. He says, this is my commandment, that you love one another as I have loved you. Greater love has no one than this, that someone lay down his life for his friend. You are my friends if you do, if you do what I command you. No longer do I call you servants, for the servant does not know what his master is doing. But I have called you friends, for all that I have, that I have heard from my Father, I have made known to you. Jesus called his disciples friends. You know, the Bible tells us, the Bible, and the Bible is clear that Jesus is the creator. That Jesus is God that Jesus is our Savior, that he is our master, but he also calls us his friend. He is a friend who loves at all times. Here he is speaking to his disciples in this room, knowing basically by the next day, before the next day, they're all going to run in different directions. You know, when the going gets tough with Jesus, they're all going to run. Some of them are even going to deny that they even know him. And yet Jesus still loves these friends. Jesus was also willing to be wounded for us. You know, we, we looked at the, the verse that says, faithful are the wounds of a friend. And kind of in a, in a different manner, Jesus was a friend who was wounded for us in our place. Isaiah 53 says this in verse 5, but he was pierced for our transgressions, he was crushed for our iniquities. Upon him was the chastisement that brought us peace, and with his wounds we are healed. And Jesus, as a sticky friend, tied his heart to us 
so that even in suffering, even in his suffering, he knew joy because of what salvation he was bringing to us. In Hebrews chapter 12, 2, it says, Looking to Jesus, the founder and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is seated at the right hand of the throne of God. Jesus is our one true perfect friend. And if you don't know him as a friend, I encourage you, make that today. Jesus is a friend who will never fail to be there for you. He will always be honest with you. He's given us his word uh, in the Bible that he will always be honest with us. He's there for us. He will never forsake us. And so if you don't know Jesus as Savior, if you don't know Jesus as friend, I encourage you to do that today. Because on the cross, he made the payment for our sins so that we could be forgiven. So Proverbs has a lot to say about what it is to be a friend. And today we've kind of just kind of hit some of the, the, the high points, I guess. There's, there's a lot in Proverbs to cram into one sermon, a sermon about friendship. And so in conclusion, let me kind of try to wrap it up this way. Um, in the children's movie, again, I'm the, I'm the youth pastor and children's pastor, so oftentimes I reference children's movies or, or movies or that sort of thing. So in the children's movie, so if you're my age, this was when you were a child, um, Homeward Bound um, was a children's, Disney children's movie far back, probably, what, the 80s, 90s maybe? Um, it was about three pets, um, that, two dogs and a cat, that basically got lost and had to find their way home. All right, and in Homeward Bound, the story is narrated by one of the dogs whose name is Chance. And Chance is kind of, he was kind of the adopted dog, adopted into the family, um, kind of like a rescue dog. And he was kind of the rebellious, I don't need anybody, I can, I can do things on my own. He was the troublemaker, chewing everything up, um, stealing the cake off the table, that sort of thing. And so these three uh, pets end up finding, trying to, or having to find their way home through all the wilderness and jungle that, not jungle, but wilderness that was out there. Um, and through it all, they went through all this hardship of, of, of crossing rivers and, and that sort of thing and taking on wild animals. Uh, nevertheless, these three pets um, set out through all sorts of difficult situations to make it home. And at the end of the movie, Chance makes this comment. So at the end of the movie, they make it home and Chance makes this comment. He said, I had learned that sacrifice, friendship, and love were more than just the mushy stuff. At last, for the first time in my life, I was home. He finally considered that his home. Christians, we are on our way home. And in our journey in this life, we need God's wisdom and the wisdom in Proverbs to teach us, as we have seen through this series, how to follow wisdom in our words, in the words that we say, with our families, in conflict, with money, and more. And today we've seen how wisdom teaches us how to find friends and how to be a godly and wise friend and a sticky friend. The one who sticks close through thick and thin, who is constant, transparent, and sensitive, just like our Savior and friend, Jesus Christ, who has given us the example and power to do so. So today, let us walk in wisdom as godly friends. Let's go to the Lord in prayer.